JT Smith here of the Front Office News. We have our 10th podcast and we have a very, very special guest. Um, if, if you've been following the Bearcats, you know the Bearcats have been off for two weeks, but on Saturday they will break their two-week by spell and they will be playing Tulsa. I have Kelly Hines from TulsaWorld.com. Sorry, got a little choked up. She's going to give the Bearcat Nation all the information we need to know about the Tulsa football team. So I am truly happy to have Kelly on with me tonight. So uh, Kelly, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So our, um, how's it going? You, you're in Oklahoma, right? So how's it going there? How's the weather? Um, you know, it's uh, been very nice lately. It hasn't gotten too cold here. Um, you know, unfortunately, the COVID situation is really terrible here. So, um, you know, a lot of uh, staying at home. Um, but uh, just, you know, keeping busy with uh, football. And I also cover Tulsa men's basketball. So that is, has been a really good distraction from the pandemic. Trust me, I understand. How, how is basketball going so far for Tulsa? You know, it's it's been a little up and down, you know, um, Tulsa opened the season and um, a tournament in Kansas City um, lost uh, to TCU in South Carolina and, you know, really didn't play that great. But those games were pretty competitive. And I thought, really, they had a chance to win those games and lost both of them. And then um, they won their first game on Friday night against um, Texas Arlington which isn't a bad, bad team, just has had a really brutal schedule. Um, but uh, Tulsa played, you know, pretty good in that game. And then they had a positive COVID-19 test. And so they, um, both their games this week have been um, postponed or, you know, might end up being canceled. So they're supposed to host Arkansas. That was, you know, a pretty big game for Tulsa, but, um, you know, that's not happening um, as of now. So, um, they're hoping to resume practice um, on Saturday um, as long as, you know, everything goes according to plan. And then hopefully we'll be able to uh, host um, Wichita State on Tuesday to open conference play. So, you know, some some drama as yeah. as you know, there will be with COVID with college basketball. I think it's going to be a cluster. Yeah, definitely. Um it's going to be super interesting. Um, our girls, our women's team, actually, the crosstown shootout for the women's got postponed oh, because it that. was because of a positive on uh, for Xavier. So that was huge because that's just like a real super huge game for yeah. for both schools. So it's interesting. And then um, I think they had one against Louisville. They were supposed to have last weekend, and that got no, no the previous weekend, and that got canceled because of COVID. Also, I think that might have been some on our side. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been it's, basketball is going to be super, super interesting to see how they get through. Hopefully they can. Yeah. So. All right. So we got the basketball talk out the way. Now they're going to, you know, the, the super hard hitting season that the AAC has been lucky enough to, you know, play majority of their games, unlike a lot of other conferences. Um, so you guys are kind of like the cardiac hurricane yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every, um i watched i watched a few games and i'm like oh they're, they're gonna lose but then they come back every time so how has it been covering this team when you know like they're down in the fourth quarter or they down in the second half and they're just like boom we're gonna come back and win this thing overtime or a regular in regular uh, in regulation 
Yeah, I mean, there have been several times when I thought there's no way they're going to come back from this. I mean, they uh, four of their now six wins have been um, comebacks from double digit deficits. I mean, you just don't see teams um, be able to do that. Um, that's that's a big challenge. And um, Tulsa, the way they've you know been able to rely on their defense to make big plays. Um, it helps when you have like an all American type player like Zayvon Collins, but you know what they did against Tulane with their third string quarterback. I mean, that, that was just ridiculous. A hail Mary on the last play, um, you know, force overtime to just stuff that, you know, it seems so improbable because Tulsa's offense, you know, has really been, um, you know, it's been a a work in progress at at this point in the season, you would think that they would be, you know, more um, progressed, but they haven't had as many games as they should. They've gone really long um, periods between games. So, um, you know, I think it's been difficult for them to get into a rhythm offensively um, because of the schedule disruptions. And then, you know, you, you see them struggle to put a complete game together, but then play really well in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, I, I, it's kind of become a joke, like, you know, just get to the fourth quarter and then see, you know, how it goes. And it's worked well. I mean, they've won six games in a row now to be able to, um, you know, play for a conference championship. Um, this is a team that was picked, you know, near the bottom of the league. So it's, it's been a very wild season. Um, just really fun to cover, but um, extremely unpredictable. Definitely. Do you, are, do you get stressed sometimes, even though like, I mean, I know you're supposed to be technically unbiased as a, media member but at the same time when you're covering you know putting this equity in covering this team you get kind of stressed on these games yourself I get stressed because a lot of these games have been night games with really tight deadlines and that's that's stressful anyway and then when you add in you know especially the Tulane game that was a a Thursday night game and our our deadlines are really tight for games like that and yeah. you know really having to send within send my story within like five minutes of the game ending and oh, wow. yeah. you know everything that was crazy that happened in that game and you're you're trying to you know you pretty much with with those games you have to have like a running story you have to be yeah. ready throughout the game and and so you're really not able to appreciate you know a lot of the big plays because you're just like hammering away trying to write about it yeah. and then when you know the game ended the way it ended um you know, it just was like so chaotic trying to put that into words, but I enjoy the <laughs> challenge of that. That's part of the reason I, I do this job because I like that. Um, and I, you know, I like to think that, um, you know, that's the team does what it does on the field and I, you know, do what I do in the press box. And I, you know, I like to just, you know, focus on what I do, but I, people always think you root for one team or another <laughs> against another. I just root for myself to write a good story on deadline without any issues. Um, but I, I like it. It's, it's fun. And then when it's, when it's a challenge like that, um, it can, you know, I think it takes years off my life, but it's still enjoyable. <laughs> right. It is fun writing those games. Um, before UC started uh, turning a corner, um, the last few years of Tuberville, it was very hard to write. Well, it was not very hard. It was very easy to write what you were going to write because it was pretty much already written before the game even played. <laughs> yeah. So now, like like this year, it's been the first year the Bearcats have had like really not even many close games. So it's like a different animal. So, right. you know, it's like, oh, snap, I need to, you know, highlight this play or talk about certain stuff, nitpick certain things because the game isn't really that tight. It's not too many big plays. 
and you know go back and forth but four years ago five years ago it was uh you pretty much could talk about the first half and then that was it. And then it was just pain. So yeah. I mean, I, I've covered Tulsa for, you know, quite a few years now, this is my seventh year. And, you know, for the last few years, it's been, it's been, you know, a struggle yeah. for them. So, yeah. you know, a lot of close losses, a lot of, you know, blowout losses and, you know, you know, that eventually it's gonna, you know, things have a way of evening out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've, I've covered, I covered Oklahoma state before I covered Tulsa and they had, you know, I helped cover their 2011 season. That was just pretty incredible. Um, and you know, that was really memorable, but then, you know, they have down seasons. It, it all, you know, unless you're covering like a powerhouse program, there are going to be those good years and bad years. And you just, you know, it's hard to know exactly what direction things are going to go. That's true. That is very true. So like with the offense, you guys, you know, it's kind of in musical chairs because of injury. So who is, who is the guy this week? Is this, is it Zach Smith or is he? Yeah, I, it should be Zach Smith. Okay. Um, you know, he seems to not, you know, last week he wasn't, it just didn't seem like he was quite 100% from his torso injury. Um, but, you know, there were moments in that game that I thought, man, if, if this doesn't get much better, they might look at Davis Bren. Um, but Sorry, one of my kittens just. Oh, no worries. <laughs> no worries. Uh, you it's know, okay. I, Safe place. I, <laughs> um, I think that, you know, with Zach Smith being a senior and him, you know, having earned that job, um, I just think that, you know, he's on a very long leash and, and he really is the, the quarterback they want to play. I mean, they, they are going to stick with him unless things just go horribly wrong. Um, but, you know, it's a lot of the, the issues on offense, you know, it's, it's, it's been a challenge for him to get into rhythm. I mean, you look at his first quarter numbers compared to, you know, the rest of the game, um, you know, most of his turnovers have been in the first quarter. So it's kind of like, just get through that first quarter and, you know, just try to make something happen, try not to have too many mistakes. It's just, you know, it's, it's been a little bit painful to watch at times, but I think a lot of that goes back to, you know, they've, they've had so many of these, I mean, they've had seven scheduled disruptions. Um, you know, it's just been, it's been a challenge um, for him to get into rhythm in, in games. And, um, but once he's in, in a rhythm, he's, he's not bad. He's actually a pretty good quarterback. So um, I expect, you know, barring something just absolutely crazy. Um, I expect him to, you know, be the starter and play, you know, the entirety uh this week and you know obviously next week um unless there's an injury or something but he's he's a very resilient kid i mean he takes a lot of hits um especially last season he got sacked 39 times i mean that's just crazy yeah. offensive line was was young and inexperienced and you know it was um kind of a problem for him holding on to the ball too long and and you know i think that uh he made a lot of um progress in the offseason um really worked hard to make um faster decisions and and you know it's paid off he's not getting sacked that much like it's it's his numbers in that regard are a lot better um it's just uh you know I, I think sometimes he forces things that aren't there and um you know I think he's he's a good quarterback it's just this year um hasn't gone as well as he would have liked 
Understandable. Understandable. Um, with when he's going, who is his? It, does he have like a special connection with a certain receiver or tight end on the team? Like where you see, like when he's rolling, he's hitting a certain player. Is that does he have that go-to person that that he relies on when he is going, or he tries to force stuff to a certain person? You know, it's kind of been you know not as much um, of of you know a go-to guy. Um, you know, I think that uh, other teams are doing a really jo- good job covering Keelan Stokes, who. You know, he was a thousand yard receiver last year and, and was kind of, you know, expected to be a big playmaker this year. Um, he hasn't had those same sort of numbers because he's, you know, expected to be the guy on the receiving end of a lot of those um, passes. So, um, you know, Sam Crawford Jr., he's another good receiver, but, you know, it's really just been a combination of guys, you know, Crawford and, and um, Juan Carlos Santana has played well. Josh Johnson has kind of been a really clutch guy these last few games um so it's kind of varied they've gotten away from kind of um you know having the the small group like really philip montgomery's um first few seasons and even going back to last year it was a very like short rotation of of receivers but they've really opened it up more and and it's made it you know a little bit more unpredictable um because you know you don't know who's going to be making big plays they might bring in josh stewart who's a big bodied receiver um, you know, they, they don't throw as much to their tight ends, but, um, James Palmer, um, had a big, uh, touchdown, um, gosh, I don't remember if that was Tulane. I think I was in the Tulane game. All of it's starting to run together. Yeah, so, you know, they do have that, you know, the, they have the option to, to use their tight ends, um, as receivers, but they, they don't use that very often. Um, so it's just kind of been a combination of guys. They have like some really good options at receiver, um, against Navy, they had, um, they had a couple drops and, and that really wasn't a, a great game for the receivers other than the, the only touchdown of the game was, um, uh, 66-yard pass to Josh Johnson. Um, and he's a transfer from Iowa State who played some last year and, and he's really put in the work and he's been, you know, impressive. He's made the most of his opportunities for sure. So, um, you know, him and, and Juan Carlos Santana have probably been, um, key guys, you know, in the last few weeks. Yeah, I've seen. I think I didn't. Juan Carlos, he caught the he caught the he touchdown. Caught the against, Hail Mary. Yeah, had, yeah. Thought, had the Hail Mary catch. <laughs> okay. and that was, you know, he had a big performance in that game. And yeah. he's, you know, they they do well with these um, athletic receivers who, you know, maybe they're not six four. You know, maybe they're more of a slot receiver, but they have really good hands. I mean, they've made the most of their personnel for sure. Um, and, you know, it's, it's kind of made it fun to, to watch because you, you know, you don't know who's going to be making the plays and that that's, you know, it makes it entertaining. Understandable. That's true. That is very true. So like with, with this team, how they've struggled on offense and they kind of just catch fire at certain points of the game against UC, um, where do you think they have to you know, where do they think they have to take advantage of this this real strong defense? Because the, the Bearcats defense is very strong. But where do you think they have to make plays at to be able to take advantage and score more than other teams in the AAC has against this yeah, team? Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's going to be a huge challenge. And I, and I think that, you know, Tulsa's offense hasn't played that great against, you know, teams that don't have the best defense in the league. You know, these, these two teams, um, Tulsa and Cincinnati, I think those are the best defenses in the conference. Yeah. And, you know, that's going to be a 
big task. I think the biggest thing for Tulsa is um, trying to find a way to be balanced. So, you know, try to keep Cincinnati off guard. I mean, Tulsa's run game um, has, I mean, they have, they have good weapons. Um, it hasn't always translated into big plays, um, but uh, you know, they, they're banged up right now. I mean, they lost Shamari Brooks before the season even started. Um, he had a chance to be, you know, the, the, um, you know, the leading uh, rusher in program history after wow. this year, and, and he'll have that opportunity next year. Um, but, you know, Corey Taylor, he's, he's been banged up, hasn't played as much as, you know, he probably would like to have played um, just because of injuries. Hmm. And then, you know, TK Wilkerson had a, a, you know, pretty significant injury um, in the game at Navy. I, I doubt that he'll be available this week. Um, they, they have a lot of running backs, so it's kind of just a next man up in, mentality, but you know, it's, it's going to be harder, um, for those, uh, um, you know, the, the guys behind, you know, Corey Taylor and TK Wilkerson, they haven't played as much. Daneric Prince is a guy who transferred from Texas A&M and, and has shown some really, you know, good things, but, you know, he didn't make the trip to Navy. He wasn't available for that game. So I don't know what his status is for this week. So, I mean, they, they got to the fourth quarter and, and Tulsa was, you know, playing guys who hadn't really played. I mean, Christian Lovick um, and Anthony Watkins and, you know, Christian Lovick is, um, you know, he's a freshman and, and Anthony Watkins is a transfer from Missouri. Those are guys who just haven't played that much and they did fine in the game, but that was not against you know, Cincinnati's defense. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think getting the run game going, is going to be key and that will open up some things, you know, in, in, in the passing game, but I don't think that you can be one dimensional, you know, against Cincinnati because man, they're, they're just really good on defense. That's, it's going to be, even if they have, even if Tulsa has everybody healthy and, you know, they don't, but even if they did, um, that would be a challenge against Cincinnati. So with the injuries that they have right now, I mean, I get a lot of teams are banged up, but Cincinnati's coming off, you know, a week that they didn't play. Tulsa's coming off a game at Navy, which that's going to be a very physical game um, anytime you play Navy. So it, Tulsa's in a bit of a disadvantage in, in that regard um, because they're they're trying to get healthy for this game. And and I I I'm just guessing they'll have some guys who won't be available, especially on offense. So um, it's a long winded answer to your question, but <laughs> I think, um, you know, they're going to want to be balanced um, and they're just going to want to, um, you know, get things going. Um, you know, Zach Smith, I, I think when things go well for him he, and he gets into a rhythm, you know, that's, that's a good situation for him, but, you know, like I've said, you know, that hasn't happened a lot, um, early in games. So, um, you know, when, when they are able to score early that I think that the only game that happened against was USF, you know, Zach Smith looks really good. And you're like, <laughs> this is the Zach Smith we've been waiting to see, but those games just haven't happened that much, you know, and Cincinnati's defense obviously is, is going to be better than, than, you know, some of these defenses, most of the, most of the defenses they've played against, you know, Tulsa did play Oklahoma state in the first game and their defense is good. Um, I don't know if it's as good as Cincinnati's, but it's pretty darn good. It's one of the best in the big 12. So um, that was a challenge. Um, but, you know, I, I think just getting off to a good start and um, you know, being uh, two dimensional, that's going to be a, a huge key for Tulsa. Yes. Yeah, that's very accurate. That's accurate. Okay. So with that, we're going to go back. We're going to go to the defensive side of the ball. Everybody knows about Collins 
all world linebacker dudes everywhere. Who else should the Bearcats offense pay attention to? Because I know Collins isn't a one man show, even though he is great. Like he's probably going to be defensive player of the year in the conference. I mean, he's definitely one of the two, three players for sure. Uh, but who else should the Bearcats worry about maybe one person in the secondary and a defense alignment? Like who should they be like, ah, we need to make sure we block this guy. Or we need to make sure, you know. <laughs> yeah, I would say, you know, up front, um, you know, Tulsa has the um, the three down linemen and Jackson player is um, like a freak in like a good way, you know, like, I mean, in the nicest way possible because he's, he, you know, Tulsa's defense is kind of known for, you know, all of these like really tall players. I mean, there was um, ESPN uh, did a thing for a game last year and looked at the average height of every FBS team and Tulsa's defense or for their defense and, and Tulsa's defense was number two last season behind Georgia. Oh wow. Like, I mean, that's just crazy. Like <laughs> they're just known for like, especially their DBs, they recruit, you know, these, these really um, tall, long, you know, athletic guys. Um, and then there's Jackson player who's, you know, he's listed at six feet, but you know, I think that's a little generous, <laughs> but he's, very low to the ground and he has this first step that is so explosive and so quick that like I've never seen a player like him I mean I I'm sure there's somebody in the NFL who would compare but at the college level I've never seen um I've never seen a guy who who looks like him do what he does Mm -hmm. um and you know he's he can be used in a variety of ways but you know he's he can be tackle and nose guard whatever wherever they put him, he's going to be extremely disruptive. And so what he did at Navy was, you know, pretty incredible. Um, You know, he had 12 tackles as a defensive lineman. 10 of those were solo tackles, four and a half TFLs, two sacks. I mean, to have that kind of performance as, as a defensive tackle, that's just crazy. So um, (laughs) yeah, he, he is definitely somebody to watch. I mean, the defensive line, you know, I, I really have just always felt like they just need to be solid, you know, and, and the linebackers, you know, with Collins, you know, as a weak side linebacker and um, Justin Wright at middle linebacker, he's had a, a surprise season because he wasn't even expected to play that much, but the guy in front of him got hurt, you know, the week of the season opener. And suddenly this Justin Wright kid is, you know, out there starting and, and he's played extremely well. Um, a lot of TFLs um, he's just been, um, a really good linebacker. So I always, you know, have felt like the, if the guys up front can just be solid, the, the linebackers and the DBs behind them are, are pretty good. And then, you know, for Jackson player to have this season, like he's having, and especially that performance um, last week, it's just like, okay, no, they, they're more than solid. They're actually pretty good. Um, and they have other guys up there, you know, Colin Wick is um, usually at end. And then they have this other guy um, whose nickname is big cat. Um, Cause he's, he's a, a big guy and he's um, pretty quick for being a big guy. Uh, his, his actual name is um, Tyaris Stevenson, but uh, you know, they have some options up there that, you know, next to Jackson have been pretty good, but um, you know, the, the secondary is um, just, you know, they've, they've shut down quite a few teams. Um if you look at, you know, uh, the UCF game, um, the SMU game, um, you know, they've, they've been able to, um, do really good things against good offenses. Um, and so, uh, you know, 
the corners, I think, you know, they don't get a lot of notoriety, um, but you know, they've, they've been really good. Allie Green today was um, named one of the um, 12 uh, semifinalists for the um, Jim Thorpe award, which is given to the best um, defensive back in college football. Um, You know, the thing with, with Allie Green and with the other corner um, at Caleb Evans, like when they're in the game, like their guys really aren't, that, aren't targeted that much, you know? So they, nice. they aren't getting the, you know, they don't have a lot of pass breakups or really that many interceptions um, because their guys aren't targeted because they're, they're like really good shutdown corners. So, um, you know, and then the safeties have, have been pretty good. Um, Kendaren Ray is a young guy who's, um, Oh man, I don't even know what his stats are now, but he's, he's, um, he's had a pretty incredible season. I think he's a sophomore now. Um, and Philip Montgomery thinks that he's going to end up being the, the best safety in program history, which, you know, when you think of Tulsa football, you don't think of like, you know, safeties that have, you know, been really good, but, you know, I, I still think that's a big compliment to say that he would be that's you know, the best in program history. Definitely. Um, but, you know, it's really the thing with this defense that, has really stood out to me is, you know, they, they have all of these pieces that are playing so well together. And I think it's, you know, being in the third year of, of the system, you know, this is the third year since Tulsa switched to um, the alignment that it uses now. And, and, you know, I think that you're, you're seeing the payoff, um, you know, not just in, in, you know, these guys being in the system, but the recruiting for that, you know, um, especially in the secondary, they're bringing in these guys who, you know, quite a few of them have, you know, they played quarterback in high school and they were athletes, you know, when it came to recruiting and Tulsa's really been able to develop them into what they are now. And, you know, the Zayvon Collins story is pretty incredible. I mean, he, he didn't really play linebacker. Um, He was a high school quarterback and high school safety and, you know, nobody was offering him, um, he had a division two offer and um, he went to 12 camps for FBS teams and nobody else wanted him. And Tulsa was like, Oh no, we'd really like you to come here. And he was like, okay, nobody else wants me. So, you know, you know, (laughs) half an hour, 45 minutes from his hometown. So he's like, okay, I guess I'll go there. And now, you know, he's a guy who's going to play in the NFL. Um, And that's just because Tulsa's, you know, coaches, they had the um, foresight to, you know, think outside the box and think about how they might use him. And, you know, he's a big guy to be playing um, linebacker, but, you know, when you have the the speed and athleticism that he has, you know, being six, four and, you know, 260, 265, like it works for him. So, you know, I, I think that he's, you know, he's been able to obviously have an incredible season, but he also has kind of raised the expectations of the defense. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, this defense has, has, you know, surpassed expectations, um, you know, that honestly, I, I wouldn't have expected them to, to play as well as they have. You just expect them to have a good year and for them to have a great year. Um, I, I didn't know that they would be able to play as well as they have. Yeah. They, they've been killing it. Uh, they, they've definitely been super solid stout, you know, um, like you said, like you see number one and then Tosa is definitely number two. Um, and it's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like they they do their thing, so can't knock that. Um, okay, I got two more questions for you. So, well, one question is: I you remember when the first cancellation happened when Allie Green made the tweet? Did you see the tweet? Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Like, did he get any slack for that? Like, I didn't. <laughs> you know, Allie Green, you kind of just have to know how he is. Like, if anybody is going to say something that, you know, like, it would be him. Like, it would absolutely be him. Like, he is a, he is that guy who talks so much trash on the field. He gets at least one penalty a game that is just him being so, you know, into it. And so for him to say that, you know, and I think part of that is just kind of what this team feeds into and, you know, at that time, things were pretty frustrating because this was happening so much, you yeah. know, the, they had gone through so many of these postponements and cancellations and they, they just really wanted to play. And, you know, that was the most excitement that I'd seen, um, you know, surrounding this program leading into a game, you know, everybody was so excited about that yeah. game. You know, obviously they, they have a very limited number of tickets that, that they could sell, but they had sold those out. And, you know, there was just so much excitement and for that game to be, you know, marked off the schedule, you know, temporarily, uh, you know, I think the players were, were really disappointed because they felt like momentum was on their side and, and they wanted to play that game, but you know, the way everything turns out, okay. For the most part, but, you know, I think it, it, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of the teams playing in back-to-back weeks, but, yeah, yeah, you know, either. obviously to have the two best teams in the conference, at least in terms of the record, you know, playing a, a super meaningful game, you know, in December, um, you know, I think that that's really exciting too. It just, you know, I think Allie Green, his emotions kind of got the best of him <laughs> and that, you know, probably is going to, I'm not going to say it's going to come back to bite him, but I'm sure there are Cincinnati players and certainly fans who remember that. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be interesting, man. Like it, it, it was, it gave a lot of stuff to pay attention to on a boring day. So that was yeah. pretty cool <laughs> um, from my end, but I was like, Oh, they saw it, you know? So I want to see how that match up and people, how they, you know, how they interact per se all Saturday. That's like what I'm looking for. Um, and then my last one is you have to make a prediction. So Oh, I hope everybody's foot feet to the fire when they come on. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I haven't really thought about it yet. Um, but, you know, honestly, like, you know, I, I think that this is going to be a really tough game for Tulsa. And, you know, I, I don't know that Cincinnati could win back-to-back games against Tulsa. I think that's going to be a big challenge. I, it wouldn't surprise me to see them split and that's, you know, going to be annoying for the team that doesn't win the title game but you know I you know just if if they were meeting once I would pick Cincinnati you know I just think that Cincinnati is is the the, has shown to be the best team in the conference um Tulsa you know I still think that they they've been very fortunate and I think that you create your own luck you know I, I don't think that you know being lucky is a thing I think that that was you know the calls that have been close and the, or the games that have been close and the calls that have gone their way. I think that that's, you know, because they won those games cause they, you know, were probably the better team, but I think that um, Cincinnati has been a lot more dominant um, than Tulsa has been. And I, I just think that, you know, if you look at the teams on paper, Cincinnati is the better team. That's, that's a fair answer. I won't make you go into more detail on that. <laughs> it's hard to pick scores. I mean, I with Tulsa, I just know that, you know, there's, there's just throw out everything uh, and expect a lot of drama. Definitely. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a good game because both defenses, defenses hit and they just, I mean, they hit, they cover, you know, so it's going to be real interesting to see. So um, you see not playing a couple of weeks, it's a gift and a curse. So, 
you know, if they start out fast, you know, you never know what happens. So, um, all right. So for everybody, I greatly appreciate you being on, you know, being on my pod. I appreciate it hundred percent. And, um, it's for everybody that's listening, where can they find your, find your work and where can they see you on Twitter or wherever else you want to promote your, um, promote your skills. Um, Twitter is, you know, where I, I don't tweet all of the links out to my stories, but you know, if I'm, if there's something I'm really proud of, I'm going to put it on Twitter. Uh, my handle on there is Kelly Hines TW. Um, you know, our website is TulsaWorld.com and then you can find sports and Tulsa sports from there. Um, uh, if people are interested in, um, cats, I'm, I do a lot of cat <laughs> rescue stuff. I'm on Instagram. Um, you can find, uh, that I think my handle on Instagram is in my Twitter bio. So that's my little side stuff. Uh, so I, I do, um, I always have a uh, cute cat and kitten videos and pictures. So I try to keep things, you know, pretty lighthearted. <laughs> well, we appreciate you and everybody make sure you guys follow Kelly, check her out. She's, she's my go-to when I'm trying to find out Tulsa information. So make <laughs> sure she's your go-to too. So I'm JT Smith and I'm signing out, guys.